all generations can relate to classic films because of their profound storytelling power and the appeal they have in weaving our common truths of human life into the drama of challenge, conflict, and resolution. People want and need to see the truth that startles by its simplicity and nobility. They want authenticity in soundly compelling films. Good news, classic films remain accessible and ready to lift you up and elevate you in your mind and spirit. I'm Sheila Lagminas, and you're in the Forum. industry has gone through many transitions over time, as most of culture, politics, and academia have, among other things. But there are the timeless films and the timeless truths in newer and current ones that make them stand out and stay with us for a reason. What is that reason? Why do those films reach hearts and minds? And what hope can that give us in such a divisive cultural climate as we have these days? My guest is an expert on these matters, and she's here with answers. Dr. Onali McGraw is director of the Educational Guidance Institute, which helps instructors use classic films to present universal truths about character, virtue, truth, goodness, and beauty. Dr. McGraw was appointed by, in, 19, in the 1980s by President Ronald Reagan to the National Council on Educational Research. She's authored a number of great books on classic movies and what they teach us. Just look up her name as the author on Amazon. You'll find oodles of them, and I will post some links to some as well. Only welcome to the program. I love you being here in the forum with me. Thank you, Sheila. I love talking with you. We've talked off the air, Onali, several times oh, over many years. We've even worked together way back in the day on Women for Faith and Family and the Voices, uh, the magazine for Women for Faith and Family. Back before there were a lot of other organizations doing that, we've we've interacted quite a bit over the years. I've so long wanted to have this conversation with you, and here we are now, Onali. We had the you know the since the pandemic began, life on Earth has changed as we knew it. We had a summer of rage last summer. A lot of anger, a great, you know, with abortion well over 40 some years old. Uh, we've had, you know, the, the, the challenges to life. Uh, the, the very seeing of the other capital O is no longer worth living is not just abortion or euthanasia, which it's both and. It's now even cutting into identity groups who are attacking each other or per perceiving attacks on themselves or others. Gosh, it's a mess. And we really want to be unifiers, bridge builders, peacemakers. And you, Dr. Emily McGraw, have found that that can happen very well through classic films. Tell our listeners about how that works and what you're doing to spread that awareness. Well, I first became aware, really intensely aware of how great the films are, the classic films for Unity, when I was so blessed to be chosen as one of 20 fan programmers with Turner Classic Movies, Sheila, on the occasion of their 20th anniversary celebration. And this was uh, back in 2014. Uh, and we all came together, all 20 of us, we each had a interview with Robert Osborne on uh, the, a tremendous film that we were allowed to choose. And I was uh, blessed to be able to introduce 12 Angry Men, one of the greatest 
of the classic films, Henry Fonda's film, with Robert Osborne. And I found uh, in the two and a half days that I was there with my friends, I'd never seen them before. We were from all different kinds of points of view and uh, backgrounds. And yet the classic films were the thing that we all loved. And then I started thinking more and more, well, what, what are the things in these films that bring us together? What, what is the special quality? And then you can go back, Sheila, to studying the nature of beauty the nature of art, and this is this great art form that was the greatest factor in our 20th century cultural life of the mid-decades. Wow. So this is the profound thing that comes, is that if you think about the decades of, from the mid-30s right on to the early 60s, early 1960s, this is the very time of the golden age of Hollywood. It's the time that everybody really knows is a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you don't go back and say, well, gee, I just love something or other that came out in 1980-something. No, there's a particular period of time. And this was what just came home to me. Uh, but it really took this fantastic experience of being with each other, with real human beings that became my very dear friends. And so I would just say that in these great classic films, whether it's 12 Angry Men or A Raisin in the Sun, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Best Years of Our Lives, whatever these great films may be, together they allow us to reclaim, rediscover our common humanity, what makes us human beings. That's really the most profound thing that we need to rediscover, and it's the key to rebuilding national unity, rebuilding our communities, rebuilding our very family lives that we have with each other uh, in a time of so much division and confusion. You, you know, only absolutely perfect, uh, perfectly stated and perfectly true. And yet, uh, back at President Biden's inauguration address, I believe it was, he talked very much about unity and he emphasized that word. And then, you know, ever since then, everything's been back to sort of the political fighting in media, among members of, of government, in politics in general. And, and, and though people still want unity, especially across America, in our hearts, in our minds, in our wills, so many of us anyway do, some people are probably perfectly content with the divisions, but we aren't. And so our, and our fellow Americans too want, want, want unity. It's, it's like, who has the key to that? How's that going to happen if things, you know, whether it's a bill, a resolution, an act on the floor of the House or uh, what, what goes on in the Senate, once that comes up for a vote, everybody 
goes back to their side again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to vote with my side, except for a handful of people who are so principled, they're going to do the right thing and they're either center left or center right. But nonetheless, that's all political. But you, Dr. Only McGraw, have found a key in classic films. I love that, and I, this is one of the things I've, I, I've, I've saved for talking with you, to tell people that in some of your writing I've plucked out and, and brought into this conversation, you said you conducted a classic film study with a friend of yours who's a professor at Kansas State. You said it was a diversity series of No Way Out, A Raisin in the Sun, and Remember the Titans. You said you turned each event into a short video and they're on your website. And the website, by the way, to everyone listening is educationalguidanceinstitute.com. Only you said, in that very same post, you said the view of human nature in the classical dramatic sense is so true and winning, you can employ drama to present the alternative to critical race theory. Critical race theory is false to human nature. These movies confront race and justice issues, are tr confronting those, are true to human nature. So let's talk about that because it goes back to the fact that you say all the time, and this is what you base everything on, that you do, that classic films contain and portray on the screen the truth about human nature. How is it that classic films captured that and that they remain ever attractive to people who see them? Well, golly, I think I would go back to the greatness of Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, and, the, and Charles Dickens, and you think about that, and Jane, and Jane Austen, and so you think about these ways that these geniuses did it, and they did it through the creation of characters. So it's really the people uh, that are seen in the stories and the way they speak and the way they talk. And then you get into the fantastic area of genius in performance. And I think of Denzel Washington as such a, a beloved person of our mm -hmm. own time and how he has always done this, uh, but especially in Remember the Titans, which is based on a true story uh, that actually happened in Alexandria, Virginia, where there was an integration, a forced integration of the football team and it's really through the characters that the humanity is seen. And you can simply present things like fraternal correction. Uh, you see that in, the, in Remember the Titans. And it was all based on a true story. Not that it wasn't exaggerated a little bit for the, for the screenplay, but basically it was what happened. And you see black football players correcting their fellow black football players and they're doing it within the human standard of right and wrong not whether they're black or white and the same thing is true in No Way Out which was Sidney Poitier's very first film in 1950 and you see the genius of Joseph L. Mankiewicz uh, whose great nephew is the host of Turner Classic Movies. And the genius of Mankiewicz is just amazing in No Way Out because you see um, for the first time on the screen a, a black person 
as the protagonist hero of a film. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see with Sidney Poitier. But you also see, which is absolutely amazing, is that you see the elevation of a universal sense of human dignity in the way that Sidney Poitier's character at the end is called to save the life of the psychopathic racist who has threatened his own life. And what you actually experience is the elevation of the human person's dignity with a black man exhibiting the saving of this white racist life and thereby affirming his human dignity. And I was so thrilled when I made the little preview of that film to enter the the contest for the uh, Turner Classic Movies 20th anniversary. And this film had always meant so much to me. I had um, actually been able under a federal grant uh, to take that movie and actually teach that movie through um, this grant in the public schools, in the public high school. And just sitting there watching these young people uh, being engaged with the film, it was one of the great uh, thrills of my life. And it was done during Black History Month and some of the white students were saying, well, why, why do we always have to have Black History Month? There are other kinds of racism. And when they watched No Way Out and they saw the history of the film and how that came to be, I'll never forget when some of the students said, now I understand why we have Black History Month. Mm. And so this truly is the complete answer and alternative, Sheila, to critical race theory, which simply calls upon and forces white people to admit uh, personal guilt related to racism. And it's just a useless, harmful activity compared to the spirit of the early civil rights movement, compared to what really is involved in gaining human dignity for all persons it has to be taking in mind these racial injustices, but then seeing it through the lens of universal natural law truth, that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And a story like No Way Out, even though it's not overtly religious in any way, you don't even see people saying grace or anything. And um, the family um, that you see, the African-American family scenes, you don't see them saying grace or anything like that. But you see in the whole story, a transcendent vision of the human person and The beautiful thing is that it just hits everybody. You can be the most confirmed progressive or the most bitter right-wing conservative person that's just so bitter. It doesn't matter. And most of us see ourselves somewhere in the great Aristotelian middle road that we're trying to walk with everybody. Um, But even the most bitter person 
so dis distressed with what's going on. And this has got to be really a lot of us from wherever we are. Most of us are thankful we can say, well, we're walking an Aristotelian road. Um, but we all know people who are really despondent and very distressed mm -hmm. about how things are. And so we need to absolutely go to classic movie storytelling um, because the job of putting, of, of gaining the moral imagination is not nearly so difficult as it is with um, a book club or getting together to read books or a seminar. Those academic things are fine for their way, but to really break the ground, we need to come together in storytelling uh, with our high schoolers, with our college kids, within our own families. And uh, that's why I uh, do what I do with these study guides because it makes it so easy. And my dear friend, Bill Jennerow, who was a professor of computer science at Kansas State, and uh, we just had a great time. He was like a front porch Midwest professor. And, and he and I uh, did that. And uh, so it is for everybody to just go on the website and you can do this yourselves. It's just so easy. The, the only requirement really is to love classic movies and to believe right. in them. And everything else is simply given by the genius of the people that made these movies. It's really not that hard. The, the whole weight of the film as I said in my documentary, that's also on the website. So people can look up, just look on the menu. It says documentary and they can see it's called the art of classic film. And so that's a documentary that people can just look at and say whether or not they can do this. Uh, they can become an educator group leader, if only just for a few events to take it on. And I see this as bright lights in the darkness that can be lit next week. It's just so easy to do. And, and people can find your information, your materials, your case studies, as you've written them on what you just said, um, a, a natural dramatic presentation of an alternative to critical race theory, looking at the, the breakdown of these movies, like in other words, talking about, conversing about after watching No Way Out with Sidney Poitier, A Raisin in the Sun, Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. When you bring, when you watch them together, and converse, that only you're right. All of these other conferences and, and seminars and, and group study things that happen in academia and in, in organize, among organizations, those are have their own wonderful place. But this is altogether something different that there is a, a, a very important need for because it seems like these classic films can reach hearts and minds and people in the emotional places where they live or hurt inside that mm -hmm. that, that, that those 
seminars, conferences, and, and, and presentations just aren't going to because they don't access them. I love that everything is on your site, educationalguidanceinstitute.com. People can look this up. They can look up your case studies, your, uh, my gosh, your, your, your great wealth of resources there. It's two decades, folks, of transmitting beauty, goodness, and truth in the arts of classic film. And you say that Only you say your DVD highlights uh, highlights high schoolers discussing such well-known classics as It's a Wonderful Life, No Way Out, and Key Largo. You say young people are discussing these complex issues such as conflict in family life, the bonds of community, and the common good in relation to their lives. And they're getting it, right? They, they get it because they see storytelling and the power of storytelling in film is all the more heightened because it is presented in film as opposed to books which is one they are wonderful all by themselves absolutely sheila so i want to bring up something else you said along these lines of looking at these films and gleaning from them and studying them and presenting them and and this, this should be in parishes and schools all over the country but you say that um, there's a scene in, in Casablanca that's a key to the whole movie. That the theme of Casablanca is that, talking about classic films, is that we are, as G.K. Chesterton said, quote, all together in the same boat, and we owe each other a terrible loyalty. That is true. And you said you, you, you have a study guide to Casablanca that brings that out and draws that out. I mean, there, you just take any classic movie, don't you, Ona Lee? Mm-hmm. And you find in it these truths about the natural law and the human person. The same truths are there. And they are, first of all, that we live in a moral order. We don't live in moral chaos. Secondly, we have a human nature that can be seen, discovered, understood, and we are morally responsible to one another in that human nature. Every single movie teaches this very great truth, but in completely different ways. And so, yes, uh, Casablanca, uh, we, we're, I'm so privileged to be part of a class that's being run by Father Richard Carr up in Holy Trinity Parish, uh, just about an hour from where I live. And Father Carr is now in his fourth semester of teaching uh, this, these all from my study guides, um, classic movies with high school students. So watching the young people uh, discussing Casablanca and then making their presentations. Now, this is something you're going to just love, Sheila. Uh, Talk about the moral imagination. One of the students, and I'm getting this on video. I'm working to get this on, on video so people can see. But this is an example of how the moral imagination is just completely inspired in a high school young person. And this young man got up and he said, I want to do a comparison of two Sams. Sam, uh, Dooley Wilson as Sam, uh, taking care of Rick, Humphrey Bogart's Rick, and Sam Ganji taking care of Frodo. And he said, they're wow. both, <laughs> they're both um, heroes that need to be taken care of and uh, have friendship with them that is great and true. And then his whole analysis and paper 
took off uh, on Sam Ganji. And uh, so that, that's an, just a, one example. Uh, the young people can see in the movies like Roman Holiday, Only Angels Have Wings. There's other, uh, Rebecca's another one. There's, there's a way that our young people can discover the ways of men and women falling in love and talk about what C.S. Lewis talked about, uh, uh, getting past the watchful dragons in broad daylight. And even in the middle of the cancel culture that we live in, nobody wants to see these movies canceled. Mm -hmm. And the young people can find delight and understanding in what it means to have a courtship or what it actually means to, I mean, these are things that were just naturally passed on across the generations up until a, a, a few decades ago and it's been lost. And so the parents ha have all this obligation in their own families to try to pass this on but the movies are just a natural to uh, pass it right along. And I've watched these high schoolers in uh, Father Carr's class because they're not interested in, you know, finding somebody and getting married, but they're interested in life. They're interested in finding out about life and how they fit in. And that's what the classic movies do. Um, they give them a natural way to see the big picture of life, but then all the parts of the life. And whereas in our culture today, it's all blocked up. There's all these boxes of politics, sex, uh, trying to get an education. You know, all these things are boxed up. And it's almost as if you, if you don't have the right platform and you don't have the right connections, you can just forget it. You know, you, you just have to lump along in your little box as best you can. And that's the opposite to what the spirit is in the classic movies. In the classic movies was in a time of our culture from, from the 30s right on to the early 60s where it was just understood that we were all together in the same boat, just exactly the way G.K. Chesterton said. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how we're always supposed to be. And if you think about the novels of Charles Dickens, it's he's always showing that it's really about honor and virtue. It's not what class you're in, you know, whether it's great expectations or whatever, he had that genius, also Shakespeare, and that same great tradition of Dickens and Shakespeare is in these classic movies. And it just can't fail uh, to help our young people to get strength, get moral energy when they're so drained. I mean, they right. they get up every day and try to do their schoolwork and try to make it. And we are really in a very dark time, in my view. And I just think this can be done. And it should be done, not just some haphazard thing, like, oh, yes, I really like that movie that came out with so-and-so in the mid-80s or something, but actually take the movies of the classic era. That's mm -hmm. what I believe in so strongly. If somebody recommends to me, oh, this is a great movie, I say, fine, that's a great movie, 
but it doesn't have the same emotional and moral power that mm -hmm. a movie made under the production code might have. And the reason I chose Remember the Titans, I was so strongly convicted to include it, was because of Denzel Washington. That was number one, his great power as a human being and an actor. He is absolutely one of a kind. Yeah. And there are a few others like him, but he has the spirit of the common good. You can just see it in if you go on YouTube and you see different things that Denzel has spoken of. Mm -hmm. You can see that he uh, echoes back to that earlier time. And yeah. so that's that's one reason. Uh, the other was that the greatness of the early civil rights movement, which I myself experienced, I was an exchange student to Howard University in 1960. And I personally uh, was in Rankin Chapel and heard Martin Luther King urge us to stand up for justice, for racial justice. And then I came home to Whittier College my senior year, and I saw a raisin in the sun. And it was later I learned that that was a play that opened on Broadway, Sheila, in 1959. Yeah. And the white audiences on the opening night just rose to their feet and gave a standing ovation to Sidney Poitier and Ruby Dee and the same cast that's in the movie. Now, nobody was t taking a, a newsreels of these people mm -hmm. to say, well, you, you want to be politically correct, so stand mm -hmm. up and give a, an ovation to this first play that sh that's all about a Black family. Uh, no, this was f straight to the heart. And they had a standing ovation, and oh. the play was a huge hit. And when they made the movie in 1961, it was probably hard because it was the first time that the only white person in the in the play is the guy that's trying to not allow them to live move into their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And this was Chicago's own. Lorraine Hansberry. Uh, she is um, Chicago's heroine, and her own parents were involved in uh, working for fair housing in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And there was a Supreme Court case that helped to pave the way for fair housing. And then somehow God gave Lorraine uh, the genius to create this story, this play. And she wrote the screenplay as well. And it had to be her because it was just right out of her heart and her imagination uh, wow. to make these characters. And if you go on Turner Classic Movies even today, and Donald Bogle, who is an African-American film critic, and he'll talk about the film of Sidney Poitier, and he says without question that Sidney Poitier's performance as Walter Lee Younger is the very greatest of his career. Wow. The very greatest. 
of, of many great performances. Exactly. So, a couple of things come to mind. So, uh, Onali, when you referred a little, a few moments ago about the production code, I want people listening to know what you mean because, and you've written about this in MercatorNet, which I have written for for a year. I used to, and I had more time. But um, a wonderful piece you wrote about the motion picture production code, which ushered in the golden age of Hollywood movies that you write, that you've written about writing that the code was written by a Jesuit priest, the motion picture production code. And it stipulated that literally, quote, no picture shall be produced that will lower the moral standards of those who see it. Therefore, the sympathy of the audience should never be thrown to the side of crime, wrongdoing, evil, or sin. Well, wow. If only we could keep that code going today. Yes. But you... Yes. you you say that's why these classic films, it's not just hearkening back to a different era. We human beings remain this, you know, the same mm -hmm. people with a, a mind that can only be healthy. And you've written this to me personally, when it accepts the existence of God and makes connections between, you know, right and wrong, good and evil. And that and grace is there as given by God. But you say for a mind that doesn't have that vision, there's a deep, you referred to this earlier as boxing things in or boxing things apart. You said it's a deep compartmentalization. So if the mind were broken up in pieces, then you can't, you're not integrated. We're meant to be integrated, mind, reason, emotion, and self-knowledge. I love that when you talk about these films, what they can teach us, what Sidney Poitier has taught us in his films, what Denzel Watch Washington has taught us and still teaches us in his films. This goes back certainly to the production code, but also when you talk about the young people seeing them and what they're, what they're learning from this, you, Onali McGraw, said, have told me that you have a dream that would be to take your program of the Educational um, Guidance Institute into Catholic parishes, into schools where... Yes people can pay attention and help, especially where you say there are African-Americans there, there are students there, women, you know, you do a feminine study for women. There's a lot there, but you There's say- There's so much. Father's so sons much. too, dads and sons getting and together. Amen. Mm -hmm. And you say that these, there are two films, Raisin in the Sun and It's a Wonderful Life are two in particular that teach community. So you say, I, Onali McGraw, you say, I am one who thinks we're missing out by too much talking about how bad things are and not enough of this type of work presenting these classic mm -hmm. films. So the nature of that work is that it requires, it requires initiative, thinking outside the box, people who are really challenged by, by these moral thinking or thoughts can be just ordinary folks, but they'll see it and they'll get it. And you say it's Sidney Poitier, it's Audrey Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart, who, among others, who do the <laughs> job of teaching the natural law for us. They do the best job of anybody, of there any professor, PhD, doesn't, no, they, they are the best ones to be our professors about the natural law. What do we do to help you realize this dream? I want to see this thing, the same initiative happen as well. Into parishes, into schools. I'm sure there will be people out there very excited to hear this. What can people do to make this happen? Well, they can just be wherever they are. Like, for example, there could be a parish where maybe there's 
uh, quite a few dads that are have the time or the inclination, and maybe there's some leadership there, and they can initiate, as Bishop Olmsted did, into the breach, which was this call for men to uh, step up to the plate and help form and work with the younger men. The young men are under such terrible oppressive attack of, of their basic natures as men uh, is just denied. It's it's so serious. And great movies like um, The Magnificent Seven, Shane, others. Uh, I did the Western. I did Men of the West for this, uh, for dads and sons uh, to think to the men. But also then on the other side, um, I mean, we're all under attack today for it's the whole idea that we can just make ourselves up every moment. Oh, you're unhappy. Oh, just uh, think of something else. Uh, Be this, be that, be what you want to be. And all that self-esteem cycle babble has now blown up and imploded in the entire country. I mean, it's just how bad it is that you are so that, uh, but these movies are never, not in our time now, going to be canceled. I'll give an example of The Quiet Man that will just make you uh, chuckle, but... uh, as we used to say, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, we can, so um, with the feminine soul, movies like um, All About Eve, um, Roman Holiday, um, there is a beautiful feminine genius and there is a wonderful masculine genius. Mm-hmm. And there are certain movies that just shine out with the feminine soul. One of them is um, Ginger Rogers in Kitty Foyle. Another movie I like of Doris Day's is Young at Heart, where she uh, uh, she walks the Aristotelian road. Um, huh. the, the best movies uh, about women and men are, especially women, they're not victims. They're not just being blown around by by fate and having to be survivors. They actually overcome their uh, challenges. One of the greatest of this is Olivia de Havilland in The Snake Pit, where she actually overcomes mental illness. And one of the greatest experiences I had was on a Zoom class with Father Carr's class. And the high school kids were there, and we were all on the Zoom. They tackled it. It was it, uh, Olivia de Havilland. If you think of how great she was, how great Ginger Rogers, uh, these these great actresses, and so the, their their talent and their genius just shines through, even when you have to uh, watch the movie and then go for in for a discussion on Zoom. And that's Father Carr's approach, which I very much recommend, is that a movie can be assigned, and especially with the social distancing and the requirements that are out there. So a movie can be assigned, and then you come together for a discussion, mm-hmm. and then uh, come together again and present your papers. And 
it's not like a term paper. It's fun. You can, and this is what the students do in Father Carr's class. So they come together for one hour and they um, just simply discuss the film, formulate their ideas, bounce the ideas off one another. What are the, what are the greatest themes of the thing? And a, a lot of the time they're talking about the motivations and the psychology of the characters. Mm-hmm. So it's really like a course in philosophy, psychology, history and culture and ethics all at once. You could actually name those different disciplines and you could say that it crosses into all of those disciplines and political science as well, actually. So how could you even have anything that is crossing into so many realms. I would say, as I've watched Father Carr's students, that they have just grown in what you could call mature discernment of the human condition. That's exactly what it accomplishes. Um, And so they're in their second semester now, and some of the students were in Father Carr's class last year. So they've actually had four semesters going into the, they're in the middle of the fourth semester but most of the students started out brand new and they are just in their second semester. So and anybody interested in this can find it at, at your website, educationalguidanceinstitute.com. It's all there. If somebody says, well, I want this in my classroom or I'd like, I'd like to propose it in my parish that we do something yes. like what, what I hear Onoli McGraw saying. Oh, by all means, go to educationalguidanceinstitute.com because Onoli, we need this all over the country. We need this everywhere and on different levels at the parish level and the school level, you know, yes. the, 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 the building of, of, of community. So when I mentioned your, your books, your study guides on Amazon, my gosh, one need only, and I'll put the link in a, a blog post that accompanies this podcast, I'll, I'll put a link to your page there because they're all there. Men and Women in Love, The View from Classic Hollywood. That's an overview. Classic Movies for the Classroom, the Spotlight series. And then you've got, you know, How Love Transforms Us. Yes, and Sheila, th- this would be an important thing too. On that Amazon page, there's two kinds of study guides. Mm-hmm. There are study guides that have the themes like the feminine soul. Those right. are all about uh, women's film or men of the West. Those are all the classic Westerns. Liberty and justice for all. That's like civics 101 for Gen Z. Um, and 12 angry men and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Then I have the spotlight series that you mentioned. This is one particular study guide in depth for one particular movie. So I have about nine of those and they were the movies like It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Key Largo, Roman Holiday. They were the ones that I just thought, wow, they could really go in depth with this. Mm -hmm. And so I provided vocabulary, essay suggestions. That's great. And those can actually be proposed to any public school teacher or public school district because what I have done is to work on the natural law that God has put in every human heart. And I just let the movie do the teaching. 
Mm-hmm. So we bypass all questions about whether we're teaching religion or whether we're teaching politics or somebody's agenda. There is no agenda. There's just the beautiful movies that the entire world fell in love with of that time. And so these things can be proposed in our public schools. As politicized as things are, this is a mode of communication for the good. Mm -hmm. And I recommend people look at my documentary that's listed on the menu of the website because that documentary can simply be shared with local public school teachers. Yeah, Uh, it should be. And 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 even if they are presumably different in political group views or anything, mm-hmm. none of this makes any difference. Right. I I have to tell you, Sheila, coming into Chicago in 2018 for the Touchstone Conference, and uh, there was a man there on on United Airlines. He was the flight attendant, and. I just couldn't resist. I said, have you, have, do you know about the uh, great sh- uh, Chicago playwright, Lorraine Hansberry and Raisin in the Sun? And he just lit up. He said he had seen them play when he was in high school. His mother took him. Wow. And he said, I just hope you take this idea to the Chicago Board of Education. Yeah, great. And and I honestly believe in that. If I ever, you know, would be back in Chicago, I would do it because I have that much faith in the way that God has planted truth, goodness, and beauty in the human heart. And these are the films that everybody loves. It just leaves the politics in the dust. And it doesn't mean that politics aren't important and that we have a a country that's undergoing this. Yes, all of that's true. But in the meantime, life goes on and we need to live with each other or we're going to kill each other or whatever this thing is. We need to go forward with absolute confidence. And if they can do this on Turner Classic Movies, I don't know why we can't do it everywhere around. We can. And, and, and what, what this does, as you said, it leaves politics out of it. It, it, it builds up the what we can't not know. I've heard that referred to, the natural law referred to as what we can't not know. Yes. You know, there's yes. the oughts in life. What, what that person ought not do that to me. They ought not do, you know, cut me out, cut me. I've been waiting in line. They just cut into line. They ought, where's the ought come from? The natural law. I love this idea of uh, for the classroom you got classic movies for the classroom for for goodness sakes you have a whole series of these but what but you've really handled and you've mentioned in our conversation some of them the snake pit portrait of the struggle for wholeness so you're dealing with struggles of mental you know health and then yes. you've got women in focus the classic hollywood the feminine soul i love i love this when you brought up raisin in the sun classic movies for the classroom the spotlight series also you mentioned raisin in the sun the study guide and this is gets back to leave all the political correctness and all that aside or political whatever, because your study guide for a raisin in the sun, Ona Lee McGraw, 
it, it, it focuses on love and freedom in the life of a family. And then you've got the guide overcoming in uh, no way out study guide, overcoming conflict with justice and mercy. This is all about, you've got the spotlight series, key Largo's study guide focuses on moral courage in the face mm -hmm. of people. And then the he, heroes of the examined life in classic Western heroes. There's just so much in what you've done. And like I said to you before we started this conversation off the air, this needs to be a series. I want to continue having these conversations as a series. So this is where we begin. We've got it out there now. I'll continue to, to spread the links here and spread awareness of it. But Dr. Ona Lee McGraw, we need to have more of these conversations because you've put all this material out there and you want people now to just come to it and help you generate the awareness of it among others in community, in our larger you know, nation. Uh, I remember Cardinal George used to have a saying that as borders fell over the years and especially in Europe, but borders where you no longer have to stop, you know, from one country to the next and, and, and go through the, the toll thing and all that, even passports with the European U Union. In other words, he said, we no longer are separate uh, nation states as we used to be. He said, we are communities in, in, on continents in conversation. In the communities and conversation part, Onali, is really we're a very global, as they say, village. We're a very global community right now. Mm -hmm. These are such important things you've done. The website is educationalguidanceinstitute.com to have all of this information, case studies. The documentary Onali McGraw referred to is there for you to share with others. I'm sharing this and also the conversation we've just had but we're going to have more of them because there's so much to unpack in the work you do. And I just want more people to find and access these classic movies wherever they still can. And I'm glad that you said you don't see these going away in the cancel culture. That's really good news. Oh, there, there's no question. Turner Classic Movies is doing a fantastic job of what common sense would say, but they have to do the job. I think that's a very important thing and they won't be censored. Well, thought need not be censored. It it should be it should be engaged, and it should be uh, thought through deeply. Yes, taken in, conversed about, and and then spread to others. I love that educationalguidanceinstitute.com on the landing page shows you these different. You of course your study guides, and it says educational guidance institutes classic film study guides are experiential learning for a postmodern era. This is certainly a postmodern era and featuring five-star, great five-star films of the golden age allow us to look into the deeper truths about human nature and human life. And we need to see it again this very way. As you say, it's the film greats that do the teaching. We just need to put it on the screen in front of us and, and, and we'll learn by, by the great art of storytelling, especially in film. That's always been a powerful way. Onali, we have many more conversations to have. Thank you for all you do and being here for this. And hey, let's get this into the hands of different uh, school districts and, and, and educational institutes and uh, parishes and, and anywhere community gathers and teaches because I think you've done a great service to us all. Thank you, Onali. Thank you, Sheila. 
Well, that's it for now, but only for now, because this is so big and important. It calls for an ongoing conversation about what we can do to bring people together and engage issues of the day in a very different way than politics or media can. Thanks for being here. Share the link with others and invite them to join us next time here in the forum.